Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, this is Matt from Velvet Revolver, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Denny Paul from Pantera, Damage Plan, and Rebel Meets Rebel, and you're kicking ass and listening to Talking Metal right here. Hey, this is Nick Katniss from Black Label Society, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Crank it up. This is JD from Black Label, and you're listening to Talking Metal. A stripped-down rock and roll flamethrower, the Gibson Les Paul BFG is the most powerful Les Paul Gibson has ever made. Blasted back to the bare essentials, the BFG is the Les Paul for guitarists to want it loud, raw, and wild. Two volumes in one tone knob control the sonic spectrum put out by a high-powered burst bucker, three humbucker in the bridge, and a screaming single-coil P90 in the neck. An innovative powerhouse, the Gibson Les Paul BFG has no binding. No figure top, no finishing touches. This gives the BFG a distinctive look that is both modern and vintage while allowing for a price that makes pure Les Paul performance available to all players. The result is a perfect storm of eye-catching style, incredible tone, and unbeatable playability, all at a great price. Check it out at Gibson.com slash BFG. Rock, rock over London, Zurich, Auckland, Dublin, Dallas, Milwaukee, Los Angeles, Sydney, Indianapolis, Tokyo, Seattle, Paris, Budapest, Berlin, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, two men who are committed to rocking you wherever you might be, John Astronomy and Mark Striegel. Welcome to the Talking Metal Podcast. Broadcasting around the world from TalkingMetal.com and StriegelsMusicNews.com. All interviews and spoken dialogue in this podcast are copyright 2007 by TalkingMetal.com. They may not be reproduced or rebroadcast without written consent of Talking Metal. Hey, 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 welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. I think this actually technically is episode 140. Does that sound right? 141? It's actually 141, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, yeah, Black Label was 140, right, right, you got it. Which was a great episode, by the way. Nice job with Nick and uh, JD broadcasting uh, from Baltimore that episode. Right, right, absolutely. That interview with JD and the Nick's family and JD's family was pretty funny, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. And you got some great pictures of you and the Black Label guys up on the Talking Metal website, talkingmetal.com. 
uh, just go to the show notes for episode 140 and you will see some great pictures of John hanging out with the guys in Black Label Society. But we're not going to talk much right now. We're going to, you know, I think get right into the reason all of you are here. And that is because we have the great Vinnie Paul on the show today. Vinnie Paul is one of my absolute all-time favorite drummers. And he is just such a super cool dude as well. Yeah, and he's got a brand new band called Hell Yeah. They have a brand new record out. And I'm guessing this episode will probably be posted Tuesday. And if it is Tuesday and you're listening to this, the record is out. Go to the store, support Hell Yeah. Go to iTunes, buy Hell Yeah. And let's uh, let's move some units of this album because the single sounds amazing. The songs they had streaming on the MySpace page sound amazing. And it's excellent. It's excellent. It's a great band. It's made up of uh, Chad and Greg from Mudvayne and then Tom and Jerry from Nothing Face. And uh, it's just a, a really cool lineup and all rounded out uh, by Vinnie Paul on the drums. Cool. Yeah, and their website is Hell yeahband.com and this song is called You Wouldn't Know. It's the first single. It's been on iTunes for a few weeks now, so definitely go buy it. Go buy the whole record and uh, let's get right into an interview with Vinnie Paul after we sample a little Hell Yeah. You couldn't be You couldn't be me even if you wanted to
Hey guys, we are very honored because we have on the line with us Vinny Paul. Vinny, how you doing this afternoon? Doing good, man. How are you fellas? Pretty good. We're doing great, and we're all psyched up for the new record by Hell Yeah, and also a new tour. They announced you guys are going to be out on the road on Family Values 2007. Are you pretty psyched up to play live again? Super excited, man. Looking forward to it. You know, it's something I've done my entire life and something I've really missed, and I'm uh, just looking forward to getting out and jamming with the guys. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a great time with the Corn Boys this summer, and we're going to tear it up. Very, very cool, Vinny. So next week is Hell Week, April 10th to the 17th, and you're going to kick it all off at the clubhouse for the record release party on the 10th. And let me tell you, I wish I could come down to Texas for that. Man, we'd love to have you, man. We've, you know, I've done the last two uh, Pantera release parties there. We did the Damage Plan release party and the Rebel Meets Rebel party there, so it's got some serious tradition. And uh, we're going to stick with that with Hell Yeah, man. We're going to blow the roof off the place. We're going to have over 100 of the finest ladies you've ever seen there. Uh, we're going to play nonstop Hell Yeah music, Pantera music, Mudvayne music, all the good stuff, nothing face. Uh, and we're going to have a couple of really cool bands appear, which I can't really say who they are, but they're going to appear. And it's just going to be a great time all night long. Very, very cool. Now, I think I saw some of those girls uh, on the You Wouldn't Know video, which I think you guys did right in the parking lot, right? Yeah, we shot it at the parking lot, man. We wanted to have like a, a good old Texas barbecue feel. We pulled up a couple of uh, flatbed trailers. We set the band up on it. And we had, you know, everybody bring their Harleys, uh, you know, big monster trucks and uh, lots of hot chicks and drink a lot of beer and, and listen to some rock and roll. And that's what we did. Yeah, you can't beat that. Now, how in- involved in running the club are you? Uh, you know, I'm pretty involved with it. I mean, I don't sit in there every day and uh, do the day-to-day operations, but as far as the direction of everything that goes on around there, I have quite a bit to do with that. Cool. Very cool. Now, how did you meet up with the guys in Mudvayne and Nothing Face to form Hell Yeah? Well, the way it started originally was uh, when they were on tour together, the Mudvayne guys and Nothing Face guys, uh, they had talked about doing a band outside of their prospective bands, and uh, when they finished last year, they got serious about it, and they needed a drummer. And uh, I've known Jerry Montano forever, all the way back to the Deadlight days when they toured with Pantera, and then, of course, with Nothing Face. And uh, he, he told them, you know, hey, we got to get Vinny. And they're like, oh, no, there's no way he'll do it. You know, he goes, well, let me call him, you know. So uh, he called me up, and the first time he called me, you know, I, I was like, Jerry, you know, I just got my record company off the ground. I just released uh, Rebel Meets Rebel and Dime Vision, and I don't know if I'm really ready to get back into playing music yet. And uh, I think you guys are just going to have to find somebody else, you know. And I guess the persistence pays off because he kept calling and calling and calling. And finally, you know, after seven or eight times, uh, he caught me one night when I'd been drinking and listening to music. <laughs> and I said, you know what, this sounds like a kick-ass idea. Let me uh, get on the phone with everybody tomorrow and see where it goes. So the next day, uh, I talked to each guy one at a time, man, and I just loved everybody's attitude. Everybody was so uh, anxious and eager to do this thing. There was no egos there. And so we made a plan, man, and they came to Texas and, uh, we got together, and the first uh, eight days we were together, we wrote seven songs, and this freight train that's called Hell Yeah was born from them. And all seven of those songs, I know, are on the album. Every one we ever wrote was on the record. Very cool. Now, uh, the single You Wouldn't Know is amazing, and I'll tell you, I really think Matter of Time, I heard it on your MySpace page, is unbelievable. It's so heavy, and the double bass stuff you're doing in the chorus is out of control. It's some cool stuff, man. You know, uh, I try to bring uh, as much as I can to the table, just like everybody else in the band does, you know. And I always look at drums kind of like uh, a songwriter instead of a drummer, you know. I look at the drums where, as if you play certain parts, people can air drum to them, 
and you know it keeps them just as interested in what you're doing as the rest of the band. Whereas if you know you're a freelance drummer and you're just going off and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, people can't keep up with that. You know, so that's always been my style and my trademark, and and I brought that to hell yeah. Very cool. Now you guys actually recorded this in your brother's studio. Uh, how was oh, yeah. it going back to that for you? Well, you know, at first it was a, a big challenge. You know, everything I've done since then has been a huge challenge, a huge learning process for me. And uh, you know, the guys really made me feel very comfortable. You know, when you when you play in a band, you really have to develop uh, a trust for each other. You know, you have to be not afraid to make mistakes, not afraid to take chances. And that's something you really have to develop, and we we learned that really quick, you know. And uh, it was uh, bizarre when we first went in, you know. Uh, everything was still just like we left it, you know. There were still notes from the songs that me and Dime had been working on. Wow. Uh, pictures, you know, everything that we had done together, we'd done in that room. So uh, it was strange. But once we sat down and started playing, man, all that went out the door, you know. We felt like we had Dime's thumb of approval, and uh, we just started kicking ass, man. And it was just nonstop ideas, one song after another. Just it, We couldn't stop, you know. It was just so much uh, energy and so many great ideas. And like I said from the start, there was no ego there, you know. And that was the most important thing. It's just everybody brought uh, what they had to the table, and, and it worked out great. We had great chemistry. Very cool. Now, I heard a funny story uh, about the band name and how like you guys had an amplifier box and everybody was just coming in every day and just writing stuff down and then one day you came in and it said hell yeah on there and you guys said that's going to be the name of the band yeah yeah you know actually it was Chad's idea you know we were at all these different names and none of them were really cool and we were about four or five songs into the record and uh, that box was just sitting there and he said guys man I don't care if it's you know green telephone pole whatever it is write it on there you know you never know if something will click and he said one day I walked by there and somebody had written Hell Yeah on the side of the box and he just went, bingo, man, that's the name of the band. It's Attitude, it's everything we stand for. Uh, he called us all outside of the studio and goes, guys, man, the name of the band is Hell Yeah. And we all just looked at each other and went, hell yeah, and, and that's how it came about, man. <laughs> Very good. Well, we're really excited for the Family Values uh, 2007 tour. Uh, one of my favorite new bands, Trivium, is going to be playing with you guys. But I wanted to ask you, will the, the set that you guys do be strictly hell yeah songs, or might we hear some, some other songs in the set list? Well, uh, you know, we've got 12 songs on the record. We really feel like the band can stand on those two feet. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, we're playing earlier in the day, so we're not going to get a really extended set on that. So I would bet that we're going to focus on the Hell Yeah stuff. But, you know, you never know. Uh, you know, we've got some headlining dates before we start on the Family Values. So uh, we're definitely going to, you know, need some stuff to cover some time. So uh, once we get into rehearsal, we'll find out whether we're doing any of, you know, my old songs, any of their old songs, or if we're just going to cover some, you know, kick-ass uh, Black Sabbath or Metallica or something like that. We'll just find out when we get into rehearsal. Cool. A lot of our Talking Metal listeners know that I am a devout reader of Revolver Magazine, which I, I just love, and I always flip right to your column, man. I mean, how did you become the Dear Abby of the metal world? Man, uh, you know, I, I really don't know how that happened, man. I just remember that uh, when they asked me to do the column, you know, I said, look, if I'm going to do a column here, i got to be able to be the kind of personality that I have and have a lot of fun with it, you know? And they had no idea where it was going, it, whether it was going to be serious, humorous, or what. And when I first got the first batch of questions, I took a look at them and I said, you know what, I'm just going to have to have a lot of fun with this, man. I'm just going to have to have some fun with this. So usually I wait until about, you know, I've had a really good drinking hangover. I get up about <laughs> noon and I look at these questions and I go, okay, man, 
are all these coming from prison? Where are these coming from? <laughs> right. I just start writing. And, you know, I try to give them a little bit of good advice. You know, there's definitely uh, a quality side to it, but I always throw some kind of humor theron on everything there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, a lot of it, it's fun to read, but, it, I mean, there's definitely helpful hints in there for, you know. Yeah, there's helpful hints, but at the same time, I'm giggling inside really hard just saying, you know, how much fun can I have with it? That's great. So, Vinny, on May 17th, you're hooking up with Scott Ian and Carrie King out at the House of Blues in Hollywood, and it's for a great cause, the Little Kids Rock uh, Benefit Concert, and all of the proceeds from the amazing six-string masterpieces exhibit are going to go to this charity. That's so cool, man. How did you get involved with these guys? Well, uh, you know, it started with, obviously, uh, everybody wants to pay tribute to my brother, which is amazing. And uh, the guitars, if you haven't seen the six-string masterpiece, is just an incredible collection of uh, people's uh, tributes to Dime, you know. And, and everybody did a wonderful job, man. It's just so cool to see the huge names, you know, everybody from Ace really to, you know, Kelly Clarkson to your regular metal back. I mean, everybody wanted to be a part of this thing, and, and it toured around the country. Uh, I know it was on the Family Values Tour last year. It also did OzFest, and it just, uh, you know, it came to a point where, uh, we felt like it was time to, you know, donate the proceeds and, and let some other people enjoy these guitars. So uh, we're all going to get together on that date. We're going to get up on stage, jam together. We're going to have some fun. We're going to celebrate Don's life. And uh, we're going to, you know, do a really good thing for a charity. So it's, it's going to be a great event, and uh, we're looking forward to doing it, man. Very, very cool. Now, speaking of uh, Scott, Ian, and Ace uh, Fraley, um I know that you guys did a uh, poker tournament, and you said that Scott, who was the rookie in poker, wound up winning the whole thing. Oh, man, it was a blast. I'm telling you, I had so much fun at that, and, you know, it's, uh, I can't tell you how many people have seen me. You know, I had, uh, believe it or not, Toby Keith called me the other night. He goes, I'm sitting on Willie Nelson's bus, and I just saw you on VH1, the poker tournament. <laughs> you know, i got to kind of take it in the face because I'm the first guy that was out on the whole thing. Oh, man. It's like everybody's seen it. And it was just a great time, and I, I just knew from the beginning when they said Scott was going to be in, and he had just started playing. You know, you, they just when you're when you're a beginner at that game, you you play kind of blindly, and, and you're not really in fear of anything. And Scott did a really great job. He listened to all the advice that the pros gave him, and you know, it was really shocking to see him beat Sully in the end because Sully truly is a, an amazing poker player. And I've really only been playing for a year and a half now myself, so I'm really getting into it and. I've played in a, several tournaments since then and done much better, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next uh, VH1 Rock and Roll Classic Poker Tournament because I'd love to be a part of it. Very cool. Now, Dusty Hill was uh, involved in that as well, and I'm not sure if you know, but they are going to be, ZZ Top is going to be honored at this year's VH1 Rock Honors. Wow, yeah, yeah. I just, I just found that out not too long ago, and uh, you know, hopefully if I'm not performing, I, I would love to go out there and pay homage to you know, some Texas heroes that made me want to play music, man. It was fun to get to play with Dusty, and, you know, I just recently got to meet uh, him and Billy both, so uh, everything's been going great, man. Very, very cool. I actually was just with Ace a few hours ago. He's uh, beginning recording uh, his next record uh, here in New York City, and... One of the things that was just a, a treat for me was I appeared on the record Return of the Comet with Richie Scarlett and Mitch Weissman, and you and your brother did an amazing version of Snowblind on that record. So it was just so cool to be on a record with you. Well, you know, uh, Ace has always been one of our favorites. He's one of the hugest uh, influences ever on Dime, and, uh, you know, we always pay homage to our heroes along the way, and we always did, so... Uh, you know, anytime we could be a part of something like that, we were on it, and 
it's just good to know that uh, everybody appreciates it and we're all part of it man. very very cool yeah, and, and I mean, speaking of heroes, it's it's Pantera. I mean, in the 1990s, you guys really took metal, extreme metal, if you will, to the masses. And now, I mean, you've become such a hero and and, and an influence on a, a, a whole new bunch of bands. And how does it feel to kind of have the, the tables turned and, and now people are looking up to you? Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things when you're in the middle of everything and it's going by year by year by year, you never really get a chance to see the impact that you've made on, you know, the, the people that are coming up and the people that really dig what you do. And uh, after having some time to sit back and look around and see it, I really do uh, see what kind of impact Pantera had. And it's great, you know, it's, a, it's an honor to know that people appreciated what you did so much that it would make them want to emulate your style or, or what you were about and take it to a different different place. Yeah, I mean, there was a, a younger band, Avenged Sevenfold, this summer on Ozfest. I think at the end of their set, they went into Walk, and the place okay. just erupted. I mean, it was insane. It was insane. And, uh, and those guys are great, man, and they've been good friends of mine. And the Rev is one of the the hottest drummers out there right now. And I, I was a really a you know a charge when I saw him play that. I, I really appreciated it. And it was very special. Yeah, and great, great musicianship in that band. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, the Superman. You know, Vinny, I want to uh, talk about Big Vin Records, but before I get to that, you got to tell me about Cletus because he's got his own MySpace page and everything. Now, tell us, tell the listeners who may not know who Cletus is, what that is all about. Well, uh, Cletus is a, a very good friend of ours. He makes a lot of appearances, and unfortunately for us, Cletus generally gets more attention than anybody when we're anywhere. And uh, he's just this crazy monkey that just happened to stumble up onto my property at my house. And uh, he was climbing around the trees one day. We invited him down. He came in and had some barbecue. The next thing <laughs> you know, he's living with me, man. So That's great. He basically goes everywhere with us. I, you know, I, I really like the guy. I spent about $2,000 on his wardrobe now. You know, he can't get enough <laughs> clothes. He's got to change his clothes everywhere he goes. And then the next thing you know, he sees me and all my buddies on MySpace. So he decided he needed his own MySpace page. And uh, trust me, Cletus does all this stuff himself, man. And I'm telling you, he's gonna be—he's gonna be bigger than any rock star I know someday. That is great, man. And uh, congratulations that uh, Big Vin Records is now globally available. It's—it's it's, you know distributed all around the world now. Oh yeah, very cool. That's something that you know I thought was very important uh, from the start. And of course, uh, being based here in the United States, I had to get that off the ground first. And it took quite some time, and we've been really successful so far. You know, we haven't signed any new bands just yet, uh, but we're looking forward to it. Uh, we've moved over 100,000 units of the Rebel Meets Rebel here, and uh, Dime Vision's gold in the United States. It's gold and platinum in Canada, and uh, we just released both of them in Europe. It's doing very, very well over there, so I appreciate all the fans showing the support. I've got over 5,000 demo tapes through the door here, and uh, man, as soon as I hear what I'm looking for, which is something that stands out like a sore thumb, something that's really original, really different, you'll be seeing and hearing them on Big Ben Records. Now, would you consider doing like production work for one of these bands, being a producer? Oh, yeah, man. I love producing. It's something I've uh, been a, a big part of. You know, uh, I've produced the new uh, Seventh Void record, which is from Johnny and Kenny from Typo Negative. Uh, they've got a couple more tracks to go, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, we'll get them on Big Ben Records. So it's a great record, and it's just producing is something that's just a big part of what I do. You know, I've always felt like I'm more than a drummer, and even though I can't really play any instruments, I feel like I can kind of uh, mold and and help you know make the songs the best songs possible as a producer. Excellent, and Vinny, do you engineer your uh, drum tracks as well? Don't you? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, me and uh, I have Sterling Winfield there all the time. You know, he works with us uh, since Far Beyond Driven, and uh, he's like my right-hand man. And so uh, we work, uh, you know, we've got a, an amazing chemistry together, so it's not a whole lot there to it. It's just, you know, we're used to working together. We know we can read each other's minds, and things just click. Very, very cool. I wanted to mention before we let you go that uh, we have actually also played Rebel Meets Rebel on Talking Metal, which we love. And I think it's really cool that David Allen Coe, he said that there's a cosmic mix between the, the countryside and the metal side, and it's uh, just very, very cool. Well, you know, I think the thing that made that record so real and not come off, you know, hokey or contrived or anything was the fact that you know, the three of us from Pantera didn't try to be country, and David didn't try to be heavy metal. You know, we did what we normally do. He did what he normally did. You put the two together, and you get what David calls the cosmic mix of the two forms of music, which turned out to be Rebel Meets Rebel, and I think it's something very unique, very different, something that I know Don was super fucking proud of. Uh, he loved uh, all the guitar work on it. He loved the vibe that David brought to it, and so it was really special and important to get it out. And I'm just really happy that, that it happened. Very, very cool. Now, uh, what was that at the beginning of Nothing to Lose? It just sounds great. Were you guys in a casino or something? That was actually in Don's living room, man. You know, he's got his own slot machines in there. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're all big gamblers. That's something that we had in common from the very start. We love to go to casinos. We love to go to strip bars. We love to drink together, you know. So that's what bonded us, you know. And the first song was all about gambling, you know. So that was just uh, us having some fun there in Don's house and with, with some slot machines. Very cool. Cool. Well, Vinny, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you on the Family Values 2007 tour, and we encourage all the Talking Metal listeners to go to hellyeahband.com and pick up the new record. That's right. April 10th, hell yeah, it's going to explode all over this country. I cannot wait. Very, very cool. And everybody also go to BigVinRecords.com and check out the site. And Vinny, thank you again. We are very honored to have you. And we wish you a lot of luck with the new band and tour. And we will definitely be seeing you guys uh, out on the road this summer. Let's do it. Cool. Cool. Take care, Vinny. All right, guys. Take, Take care. care.
That was Breathing New Life from Newfound Power by Damage Plan. That's right. That's right. It was great having Vinny on the podcast. We are very thankful. A big shout out to Brent Thompson, who originally hooked us up with this uh, opportunity. Uh, He put us in touch with Janie Hoffman. And Janie, big thanks to you. It was a real honor to have Vinny on Talking Metal. We sincerely appreciate it, guys. And if you want to hear a little extra stuff that we did with Vinny on Talking Metal, check out that Motley Crue Hard Rock Party episode because we had a, a little interview with Vinny on that as well. So Vinny is very cool. I really wish I could go down to uh, to the clubhouse uh, on Tuesday, which is when you're hearing this, because that party is just going to be out of control. Yeah, that episode you're referring to, John, is episode 107. So yeah, definitely go back and check that out. That was a great Great moment in Talking Metal history. John hanging out at the red carpet with all the uh, the big name stars. Evan Seinfeld, Steven Tyler, Vinnie Paul. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, some of the guys in Velvet Revolver, and I had a blast that day. You got a letter over there? Yeah, I got a letter. Um, this is a really great letter, too. It just came in today. It's from Carl, and he's from Devon in England, and it goes like this. My name is Carl, and I'm from Devon in England. I discovered your podcast a few weeks ago while browsing the usual metal sites, and I have been listening to them ever since. I'm a massive metal fan, and I'm permanently attached to my iPod. I've downloaded all of the Talking Metal podcasts that I can and listen to them while I'm working, and they really help me get through the day. I'm only laughing at that because some of those older ones, um, you know, we, we've definitely improved, I would say. Yeah, I would say so. It says, I really love the Heaven and Hell specials and also the John Campbell Lama God interview. Listening to you guys is so easy because you can really tell that you are real metal fans just like me. Please give me and my band Salvation Failed a mention as it would make my day. Keep up the awesome work, metal forever. Carl. And Carl actually even enclosed a photo, or attached a photo, um, of him playing guitar, which is very, very cool. And uh, if you're in Devon in England, check out Salvation Failed. There you go. Check this out. It's a little Pantera. Goddamn electric. Goddamn electric off of Reinventing the Steel by Pantera. So, what's been going on with you, dude? You, uh, I know earlier today we're hanging out with a fairly big name. It actually doesn't get much bigger than this. A, a enormous superstar, if you will. 
Yeah, absolutely. I am like just so psyched. I hung out with Ace Frehley for two days in a row now, and I've been out at the studio with him. He's working on his new record with great engineer producer Jay Messina. Um, Anthony Esposito is on bass, and Anton Fig was there both days on drums. And that's amazing, Anton Fig. Yeah, absolutely. He's I was such thinking, a great he, player. Anton like is such a great drummer that he can be, you know, in the studio with Ace one minute, and then the next minute he's you know on Letterman learning a so bunch of songs. What, did, what does he record during the day and then run over to do the Letterman thing? Because I know Letterman, I think, tapes his show at five, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He must be doing the recording and then heading right over to the the Letterman show. Yeah. Have you ever seen Letterman do a taping? Yeah, I actually did. I saw a Letterman taping in the NBC studio, and then I also saw a Letterman taping in the CBS studio. Yeah, because it's it's awesome. Like, the band during the commercial breaks just rocks out. I mean, that's such a a great band, Willie and Anton Fig. But Anton has been such a big part of, of Ace's sound throughout the years. I mean, he played on Ace's first solo record, uh, he played on, a lot of people might not know this, but actually a lot of the Kiss diehards do. He's actually on Dynasty and Unmasked. Right, right, absolutely. And uh, and then he did uh, the first Ace solo record, which was titled Ellie's Comet, and he, he played on uh, Trouble Walking. And, uh, Live just, Plus One, too. Yeah, Live Plus One, which was so cool because, you know, Ace... He did a drum solo on that. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing that a lot of fans, if you saw Ace at just particular time anton was actually touring with ace and those concerts were just out of control because you saw the great anton fig live with ace really so you're down in the studio today actually with ace and is he laying down tracks for the new record yeah, right I, now yeah wow. absolutely wow, when, when i was in there fast. today the the band was actually you know actually playing together live and i when even you say I, the band anton anthony and ace and ace yeah yeah wow and I actually didn't even, I, I hung out uh, outside because I didn't want to disturb them right when they were right in the middle of a, a take, uh, and then I went in afterwards. But yesterday when I got there, um, it was after they already finished up and they were mixing some stuff down and, and doing some stuff you know, on the computer, and uh, the coolest thing was that they were playing a track back, and Ace goes, hey, John, check this out. And he was singing. I was standing directly next to him, and he was singing the lyrics live to the playback for me, which was out of control. It was just That's really amazing. Cool. How is the new stuff sounding? I mean, what it is it like? It is unbelievable. It really um, has a, a great vibe. The the Ace riffs that we all love and remember from from his great solo album back in 78 are back. They, they never left, but they're just back because Ace has a, you know, a new record coming out because it's been a while since Ace, you know, had a, a, a new album out. So everybody is just going to be so psyched when this comes out. And I'm already completely psyched. I mean, what a, what an amazing experience to, to actually be in the studio while my idol is actually recording. Absolutely. I mean, I wish it, you got to invite me down next time, dude. Very cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, cool. Well, that's a perfect opportunity for us to uh, combine this Ace talk with our Vinnie Paul talk and uh, end with a little Snowblind. Tell us about this song, John. Well, Snowblind, as we all know, came from Ace's 78 solo album, and that was just a great track. And then when we all got together to do the Return of the Comet record, a tribute to Ace Frehley, Vinny and the great Dimebag did a great cover of Snowblind, and Dime's actually on vocals on this track. Yeah, and I don't even think you can buy this anymore, can you? I don't think so. I think the best bet is to go on eBay and just search Return of the Comet, and every once in a while I see a, you know one of those pop up. 
Cool. Cool. Well, let's check it out. A little snowblind. Keep your emails coming to talkingmetal at yahoo.com and be our friend on myspace.com slash talkingmetal. You got the Talking Metal Forums, talkingmetalforums.com. And of course, we do our live show. We actually just did one. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So check that out. It's talkingmetallive.com. And don't forget to support Gibson Guitars and GoDaddy.com, two yeah. of the great companies that Talking Metal endorses. Yeah. And Ted, thank you for engineering today's session. We appreciate it. Snowblind. Bye. Vinnie Paul and Dimebag Daryl. Traveling around in your body, huh?
with all the artists featured in today's show by seeing them perform live and purchasing their music. For pictures, links, and more information on this episode, please visit TalkingMetal.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.